Will, uh, from Generation Rent, how are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you, TJ. How are you? Grand, yeah. Uh, well, thanks very much for uh, for agreeing to come on the podcast. Uh, it's been something that you and I have been messaging each other about for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the people listening in, can you give us uh, an understanding of mm-hmm. what Generation Rent is? Yeah. Uh, so Generation Rent is an organisation that's set up to promote private renters in the UK. We are uh, an advocacy organisation. So a lot of the work that we do is advocating on behalf of private renters for changes in the law. One of the things that we're focusing on at the moment is the Renters Reform Bill, um, which is a major piece of legislation that we're hoping to be seen passing through Parliament um, this year, uh, which would change a great deal um, about the situation of renting in the UK. So we do a lot of advocacy work um, with things like that. We're also uh, partly an advice organisation. So we have um, a section of our website that's quite popular. Uh, There's a Know Your Rights section of the site. So that provides information to renters on things like what happens if they receive a Section 21, what happens if they've got uh, an issue uh, with their home, so mould, other forms of disrepair, that kind of thing, what to do in those circumstances and how best to get the situation resolved as quickly um, and effectively as possible. So we kind of bridge the gap between advocacy and advice. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so the things you touched upon there, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think the even the name Generation Rent kind of alludes to kind of that people of a certain age, probably mm-hmm late 20s, early 30s, not yet a, a homeowner. Uh, is that the right terminology or is that the right kind of also the reason why it's called generation rent? Uh, well, it's partly why it's called generation rent. But what's interesting um, about the demographics of people that we often come across is that although people in their 20s, 30s are clearly affected by the housing crisis, a lot of the people that we talk to are also Um, older renters, people who have been in the private rented sector for uh, a good few decades. And often part of the issue that so many people find is that they might enter the PRS, the private rented sector, in, say, their 20s or 30s with the intention of eventually being able to um, buy their own home. But unfortunately, because of what's been happening with the housing situation, uh, lack of housing um, being built, council housing being um, sold up and obviously um, helping with raising the price of housing and people being um, buy-to-let landlords and buying properties that would otherwise be sold uh, to people who want to buy them as their first home. We see people entering in their 20s and 30s and then just staying in the private rented sector because for whatever reason, whether it's, um, you know, um, stuff uh, to do with um, income, whether it's other issues that people have, there's obviously a, a wide variety of things. Um, that may stop someone being able to um, buy their their first home. A lot of people get stuck in the system. So although generation rent does very much apply to people uh, who are younger, it also applies to people who are, you know, um, older, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s even. I've spoken to people who have been in, in the private rented sector in one form or another for decades even before the explosion in the sector in the early 2000s so in a way generation rent both represents younger people but also this is a generational issue this is an issue that crosses generations you have Mm -hmm. people you know entering um the the private rented sector in in one decade when they're younger and then just 
staying in it for uh, a relatively long period of time. So it's it, it's very much something that affects people across the age range. So, so Will, can you tell us a bit about um, how you how you joined uh, Generation mm-hmm. Rent, and also what does a what does a typical or does even exist a typical day uh, with Generation Rent? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, so um, I joined Generation Rent uh, about a year ago. Um, different people in the organisation obviously have different roles. So my day to day role is generally um, speaking to renters. It's um, speaking to um, people from uh, the press who may want to speak to renters, and it's dealing with um, any average day-to-day admin uh, via social media or uh, via email. So typically, I will spend most of the day either um, dealing with um, requests from the press for people who uh, they might want to speak to for a particular story, um, or uh, I will be speaking to um, people who either want advice or who would like to be um, featured in the press, who would like to to tell um, their story. Because something that I have seen throughout my time working at Generation Rent is that people in the private rented sector want their voice to be heard. They want to be able to express how they feel, to say the kind of things that they've been through and to expose the many weaknesses that there are um, in the sector. So my day-to-day role is um, generally around that. Other people in the organisation have um, other roles. So um, a lot of the uh, other work that is done by Generation Rent will involve research into different acts the private rented sector so whether that be uh how much rents are going up whether that will be um the demographic of um, people that are affected by rent increases that kind of thing and so the the span of the organization is is quite um, large although there are only uh a few of us who, who are full-time members of staff there is a lot that we manage to um get done and and, and so there are a, a lot of things that go on in in a day-to-day across the uh, across the team the so your social media, obviously, you're very, you're very active on, on, mm-hmm. on all of those. And the, the, one of the um, one of the hashtags you use recently is a hashtag venture, venture rent. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what what examples of of of, uh, of, com- of uh, people coming into or, or communicating with you where they're kind of they're, what 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 are the main gripes for people have yeah. with, with that? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, I mean, there's a variety of different gripes. So. One of the biggest is probably repairs. I mentioned that a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have got, say, for example, uh, mould. We did a, a campaign earlier in the year on mould and the mould that people have suffered in the private rented sector. Um, there will be other forms of issues with repair. So, for example, a very common one is someone's boiler has broken. They've asked the landlord to fix it, to, um, to, to try and get it repaired. The landlord has either ignored them or um, used it as an excuse to stump up the rent in the property. Um, And so there's a lot of stuff to do with repairs, that kind of thing. There's also um, a lot of gripes that people have regarding um, evictions. I mentioned Section 21 earlier. Um, People may, of course, be familiar with it. Uh, Section 21 um, is a a means of being able to uh, evict someone um, from a property without giving a stated reasons so that's something that we've obviously been campaigning uh, to abolish it will hopefully be campaigned through the renters reform bill when it gets uh, passed sometime this year and it's something that i see um, a, a lot of people uh, annoyed at and angry about uh, angry about uh, and it's something that we we get quite uh, often through venue rent another issue that we um, often get uh, people in particular parts of the uk so for example 
North Yorkshire, the South West Wales, complaining about holiday lights. Now, that's a very big issue um, for a lot of people, because what often happens in these areas is it's much more profitable and in some ways easier for landlords in these areas to switch from the private rented sector to the holiday let sector because um, they will get uh, compensation from that. Uh, they will not have to pay the same uh, amount uh, of tax that they would at the private rented sector home. And um, it also means that they can charge a higher amount per night because obviously private rented uh, sector homes, usually the rents are um, obviously stretched over a, a, a certain period. Whereas if you're in a holiday let's home, you can you know charge say like 400, 500 pounds a night as opposed yeah. to over over a longer period so that's something that people have been really um getting uh, annoyed at in uh, the past few years because the whole day uh, sector has um grown quite a bit because as i say it's more advantageous uh to prs landlords to change their homes from uh, private rented sector homes to um, holiday lights homes because they don't have any of the same responsibility say in terms of repairs or anything like that that they would uh, as prs homes so those are three of the the, the really big issues that we um, that i in particular see and that the whole team sees uh, section 21 issues with repairs and holiday lights forcing people to to move to other parts of the country because they can't find somewhere to rent um, in in the area that they're currently living so one of those uh, points you talked about there, the the, the holiday or mm-hmm. probably you could think of like Airbnbs. Yeah. yeah. The, um, so kind of a, a, two questions in one. Is there? Um, I hear people in Manchester saying that there's an, uh, a lack of uh, private rent uh, mm-hmm. uh, locations because allegedly landlords are are leaving the market. A lot less hassle private renting, selling it. But is is that? Are we seeing that throughout the UK? As in, our, our, is there less availability for, for people to rent privately? Mm-hmm. Is that due to them leaving and selling up? Or can, if someone's in a private rented house, um, their landlord is section 21, and then all of a sudden there's nothing to stop them from putting that property up mm-hmm. on Airbnb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that that's something that um, we, we see quite a lot. And just, just to take the first issue um, first, in regards to landlords leaving the sector one of the things that we often um see from the um landlord bodies and obviously this is something that they want to um see because uh, they don't want to see the the, the same kind of um, changes to the sector that we do is that landlords are on mass um leaving the market and that they're all selling up and all the houses are disappearing now there have been some landlords who have um, left the market but what actually is happening at the moment is that smaller landlords are selling their houses onto landlords with larger portfolios okay. so the, the houses aren't suddenly vanishing it's it's a it, yeah. it, it's an easy thing to say isn't it that when an individual landlord leaves oh that means that the um you know that the houses are suddenly being um decreased well the thing is is although that landlord is leaving that doesn't mean they're not taking the house with them the house is still there they will be selling it to someone so they will either be selling it to um someone who's going to buy it and live in it or they're going to be more often than not selling it to another landlord um, to uh, rent out as part of, of their portfolio. So that's uh, something that is, is, is a big issue and it's, it's a kind of a, a misunderstanding because there's a lot of all different statistics that um, pop up regarding landlords um, leaving the market. And if you look at the statistical graph, you can make a, a lot of different arguments as a lot of landlords do uh, about that, but they're not really 
held out by the, the home suddenly disappearing. The homes don't disappear. So that's the first point. Secondly, in terms of Airbnb in cities, uh, in, in, in Manchester and in London, etc., it is something that we're seeing. And it is um, something that is a concern because, as you say, um, a landlord can issue a Section 21. Uh, they can, you know, if, if they're successful with that, if they're successful with the proceedings, if they filed it correctly. And it's very important to note that if you are receiving a Section 21, make sure to check whether the person who is uh, submitting it, the landlord, has done everything above board because there are so often instances where when a section 21 has actually been reviewed um at uh, at a court there have been issues found with it and it's not valid so that's something really important um for listeners to be aware of if they're ever in a they receive yeah. a section 21 to make sure that it checks all the boxes that it's meant to because so often there are instances where it doesn't so uh, section 21 obviously great concern and that as you say can lead to people um being evicted and then the houses and um, being turned into uh, airbnb or into holiday lets it's something that um we would like to see changed partly through um a bit more uh, better regulation from Airbnb. So one of the things that Airbnb uh, do internally is they have a, um, a 90 day cooling off period um, for uh, homes that they list there. So it's, it, it, it's not yeah. as if um, the Airbnbs are constantly being uh, listed uh, throughout uh, the year. But what often happens is that uh, landlords will take them off and then just put a new listing on and make it seem as if it's a, a that they've managed to avoid the 90-day period. So that's something that companies like Airbnb need to do a bit more about in, in terms of, um, you know, uh, landlords and um, others who are renting out their Airbnb properties are doing to avoid the system. Another thing that's really important about holiday lets, um, both in, in cities and in other parts of the countries, is that there needs to be um, a better uh, idea of the scope of them because it's very easy to turn a home um, currently a home from a, a private rented sector home to um, a holiday let home the government is working on consultation at the moment related to that part of the consultation would set up a um, register that local authorities can um, see as to whether this is an appropriate place to have a holiday let because obviously in cities and um, other urban areas where homes are really, really needed for um, people actually living and working there. If a council judges that um, under the government's plan to be inappropriate, then they can prevent that being turned into a uh, holiday let. So that will hopefully um, mean that there will be fewer of them in cities. And um, registration and um, licensing of holiday lets will also mean that councils will have a better idea of um, if, if you know the, the scale of them in their areas and if they wish to put a cap on them some areas um for example uh, around robin hood's bay in, in north yorkshire recently um voted uh, to to place a cap um, on the amount of holiday uh, lets that are, are available in the area which obviously means that yeah. they can't increase exponentially and therefore it's not going to uh, help uh, it's not going to hurt local residents which is obviously the the, the big um, concern. The second part of the government's uh, consultation uh, deals with um, the um, licensing aspect. And, and part of the issue that we have with that is that um, the planning application that would be 
needed for um, new homes to become holiday lets, which is, is, is part of the consultation, is a good thing. But the government are willing to, as, as part of the consultation, let homes that are already holiday let homes just automatically have that um, planning permission for them to be uh, holiday let homes, which means that it's unlikely, if that were to happen, that a lot of these houses would return from the holiday let sector back to the private um, rented sector. And our analysis showed that between um, 2021 and 2022, 29 homes a day were lost to the holiday let sector from right. uh, the, the um, housing stock. So obviously, if you're losing 29 homes a day, and then you make it so that those homes are not going to return either to the private rented sector or back into the market to be sold to people to buy their first home, then that's going to create a, an even bigger issue uh, than we already have um, with uh, holiday lets, because the, the homes are not going to shift back to the sector, which is uh, back to the private rental sector, which is really um, where we would like um, to see them. Obviously, you know, everyone deserves to be able to have a holiday. Everyone be, deserves to be able to go and um, spend uh, time somewhere that is different. But at the same time, you know, people's lives are being ruined. People are being forced to move out from areas where they've got family, where they've got jobs, grown up to other parts of the country, simply because the houses aren't available there. Part of the problem is holiday lets, and part of it is um, other issues with the private rented sector and the general housing um, industry. And so if we can at least get some movement in regards to, to, to holiday lets, um, making sure that it's you know not as booming in, in, in cities like uh, Manchester and London as it is at the moment, try and re restrain it a bit so it's a bit more sustainable, um, then hopefully that will make things better for everyone overall. How would you say the uh, the attention or the kind of interest from the government has been? Because mm -hmm. thinking out loud here, like the, yeah. the, 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 the average renter, if we're talking about that, that, that demographic of the age 20, 20s, 30s, where they're not necessarily um, a Tory voter, they're not necessarily going mm -hmm. to be... Um, banging down their their local mp's door with the attention for for private renters so how, for example how does the delays that you know you you show on your website with the renters reform bill how mm. does that how have you say the the interactions are going with the government well i think that the thing is is that obviously you know any government of any stripes there's a lot of different things um that they have to do and legislation that they have to pass whilst we want the renters reform bill passed as soon as, as as possible obviously internal things that are going on with the government different um decisions over um potential parts of the of, of the bill we're still waiting for the bill to be um published yet we've we've had the white paper which will set out what we think will be in the bill but we haven't actually had the um the 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 bill yet so obviously we don't know exactly what will be in it we've got a good idea of it um, but we don't know exactly what will uh, be in it yet. It's it's obviously frustrating um, for um, renters that the bill hasn't been you know passed yet. This is something, for example, the the um, promise to uh, abolish Section Twenty One was made in the Queen's speech in twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. Now, you know that <laughs> that's been a, a promise that has um, been uh, made and meant to be carried through since Theresa May was Prime Minister. Yeah. You know, if, if people can remember that far back. Yeah. Um, 
so it, on, on that score, it is frustrating. Um, but on the other hand, we have continued to have a, an open dialogue with the government. We have worked consistently with them to try and um, get movement on the bill, make sure that it um, obviously balances all the, the, the um, various different priorities that we have in place for it that we um, need to be there. But we're hopeful. It, it is, as with any piece of legislation, any campaign will tell you that any piece of legislation that they want to get through, there are times when you feel, you know, this is not going to happen. This is taking too long. Why isn't something moving? But eventually those pieces um, of legislation uh, are implemented. And, and, and we're, we're very optimistic, uh, as I say, that the um, bill will be passed uh, this year will be passed during this um, parliamentary uh, session, but uh, as, as I say, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 a long process, but um, one that hopefully we will see some resolution soon. And 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 like I say, you know, I understand the frustration that so many um, renting have about it, but you know, these things take time, and hopefully, as I say, we will get something. Uh, we will see the bill passed this year, and it will make a, a, a massive change to. Um, rents across the UK when it is passed. What would you say would be the um, the biggest change with mm-hmm. the, with with that if that bill was to be passed? Yeah. So I mean, there are a couple of different changes um, that there would be. I've already mentioned um, Section Twenty One, which is uh, obviously uh, it would be a massive change for so many renters across the country. Um, there's going to be a, a, a variety of different things. So there's a um, property ombudsman, um, which would deal with. Um, disputes between um, landlords and renters so that would um, make things a a bit easier because at the moment um, the system for uh, disputes is either trying to come to an agreement with um, your um, landlord so say for example if your um, rent's been increased and you feel that the uh, rent increase is unfair you can try and talk to your landlord and try and convince them to uh, get that reduced but obviously you know in, in a lot of cases that doesn't happen um, and, you know, if you can't come to an agreement, that's then taken to uh, a tribunal, which usually um, doesn't award the um, the highest um, amount of the um, rent increase that the, the landlord is asking for, but does usually increase the, the rent and the tribunals are not really used that often. So having an ombudsman um, in place would um, change things uh, a lot there. Um, one of the um, proposed changes is having a, a decent home standard introduced to the private rented sector. Um, the social housing sector has a decent homes um, standard uh, at the moment, but the private rented sector doesn't have the same thing um, applying um, to them. Uh, we, we've we've seen recently there was um, a, a report out today um, in the Guardian uh, which yeah. said that uh, landlords, you know, who who are renting out non decent homes have been given um, billions of pounds of yeah. taxpayers. Um, 1.6 billion yeah 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 yeah. 1.6 billion it's it's an it's an astonishing fact that there are people who are renting out houses that you know are are not decent um are are able to get uh, so much money from the taxpayer so introducing a decent home standard uh as the bill proposes would be a, a massive change it would mean that the houses would be um you know better maintained it would mean that landlords would have to get the the houses to um a certain standard rather than um, you know, merely, as in many cases uh, happens, renting out houses that are below standard that in fact 
end up making the people who were renting them ill. That that's something mm-hmm. that hopefully um, we would um, be able to see. Um, for people who um, love uh, pets, there would be a change so that um, landlords would not be able to uh, automatically refuse you um, having a, a pet without a um, valid reason. So, for example, you might not be able to have a, a, a Shetland pony um, <laughs> in your back garden, but you know, your landlord won't be able to refuse you um, having a, a, a dog or, or, or a cat if you wanted that's to get true. one. And, and obviously that that's something that, you know, can be very distressing for yeah. a lot of people because uh, one of the things that I, I, I've seen quite often with people getting in touch with us has been people who are renting, say, with um, maybe a, a dog, find it very difficult to say if they're moving from one house uh, yeah. to another if, they, if, if they've been evicted if they're trying to find somewhere else they find it very difficult to find somewhere new because so often there are uh, on letting agents websites regarding houses which says you know don't allow pets and that's yeah. stopping so many people from being able to um you know find a home for uh, for, for them and is putting stress not only um on them but obviously on on their um loved ones so that's obviously something that um in the white paper hopefully will be included in the bill and would be um a big change that that would be massive because i yeah i know friends who who've been in that situation and it's the idea of like you know people's pets are are like their children and the the Mm -hmm. idea of them having to ship their their cat away somewhere that that to me seems like a very important uh, change that could hopefully come about yeah yeah i mean as as i said that's that's one of the things that um we're uh very hopeful for there's an absolute um vast amount of um mm-hmm. stuff that it, that is in the is in the white paper and uh, is in the bill that would make things much better for um uh, renters in, in in the private sector and is there, so is there anything that sorry for us there mm-hmm. is there no, anything no, no, that anyone who's listening in like is uh, to general spec podcast is listening in and and they're a private renter and they 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 you know want some traction or is there mm-hmm. is there any benefit of them contacting the local mp to to share their 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 passion or their their want is that does that do, yes. will that have any impact yes no absolutely because um it, it's funny you should mention that because recently we had um a, an event in westminster um uh, we were there as part of the renters reform coalition which we're members of um uh, other organizations were there um shelter and was designed around getting people who were renters to meet their mps so we'd gone in touch with a load of different MPs from across the um, spectrum and we had um, invited them to come to um, Westminster Hall to meet their constituent and speak to them. And that was a really um, interesting experience for me because you could see the difference between how an MP was reacting. Maybe, you know, they might react to say uh, an email and how they were reacting to speaking to someone in person who had gone through something yes. really traumatic with the private rented sector. And that had, uh, I think, a real impact uh, on the MPs who were there on the day. But, I mean, I would always encourage anybody, if they've got, a, you know, an issue with the private rented sector, if they want to share their passion, as you say, um, about reform, to get in touch with their MP. Because only by lobbying MPs, which is one of the things that we do on a regular basis, can the message for change and the message for reform be got across because if MPs aren't hearing anything from their particular um, constituents, then they might not think it's an issue. Yeah. If they get a load of emails from people about the same thing, whether it's you know about the private rented sector or something else, they'll suddenly think, "Hang on, this is an issue. This is something I should be 
doing about because yeah. at the end of the day there's going to be an election coming up in a few you know in a year or so they they could potentially not be MPs if they ignore the chorus of people who are sending messages to them about a particular issue so I would always encourage people um, to, to contact their MP about the um, you know the private rent sector it's also worth contacting your MP um, if you've got say an issue with your landlord or if you've got an issue um, with, you know, um, being able to uh, find um, a house if, if you're, you know, under the risk of um, becoming homeless, obviously you should also be uh, contacting your local authority in that regard because they will be the main one who would be responsible for um, helping with anything like that. So um, if you've got a, an issue with a and it's not being dealt with, um, you can contact your council. And if it's um, a, a, a repair that needs to be done, because if it's not, it's an environmental uh, health hazard, then the council can step in and they can put a, an order in, which means that the landlord not only has to fix it, but that the landlord cannot evict the tenant whilst that uh, hazard order is in place. So that's something that you know is really important in terms of um, con people contacting uh, the local authorities, their councils, but contacting both MPs and local authorities is really important because they can help with things. If you are if you are struggling, um, you know, to find somewhere, if you've got an issue with your landlord, I would always say contact your local authority, contact your member of parliament because that's what they're there for. They're meant to represent, um, you know, the issues uh, that they're constituents have in parliament and they're also meant to help their constituents so if you just want to get in touch for you know <laughs> shouting from the, the rooftops about wanting reform do that but if you have a problem then also yeah. get in touch you know that's that's a really important thing to say one thing that um is always contentious when uh, when, when you enter or or, or leave an accommodation um mm -hmm. is deposits mm -hmm. and yeah. uh you, you touched upon how um Maybe leaving a property and 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 the and the cost of uh is maybe deducted from the deposit. Good. What are what are the most common issues you see people come contact you guys about in relation to deposits? Uh, the most common is often um, that deposits haven't been protected. So deposits are um, under the law meant to be um, protected. So then they're, they're not you know just sitting in the, um, the, the the landlord's bank account. They're meant to be uh, you know somewhere else in one of the uh, deposit protection schemes, so that um, if your uh, deposit is um, returned to you then you know it's it's the full amount it's the full amount that you paid up it's not you know um deducted or it's not it's not a lesser amount so what sometimes happens is that even though by law landlords are meant to be putting the deposits in the deposit protection schemes um they sometimes aren't so okay. people aren't getting the deposits and the landlord will come up with a reason as to why they can't refund the deposit by saying oh you have you know damaged something or you have uh, not left uh, the uh, your your home in the uh, correct state one thing that uh, sometimes trips people up um, that i've seen is that as part of um, contracts and in order to get back deposits um some renters have to um contact a particular cleaning company that is mentioned in the um, the uh, letting agreement okay. and get them to come in and to do this, you know, like massive thorough uh, clean of, of of the property. Now, that is obviously costing them uh, quite a bit of money and sometimes it's probably going to cost them more than the yeah. deposit is actually worth. But they're having to pay out that money to be able to um, get back the deposit, even though, you know, it might not 
necessarily need industrial um, cleaners to come in and, yeah. to, and, and, and to clean a property. So the main issue that we see is people not getting deposits back when they should be. That That's the thing that we um, regularly, regularly say. And probably my last question to ask you about mm-hmm. is around we've I've, I've asked about it how we're saying how the government's attention and and not necessarily being the the demographic of the vulture but mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that not some people's ambition if in the private renting is to eventually save up and get a house but yeah. with the cost of living and, and the and the amount of properties available or or people also wanting to have that disposable income for other purposes there the, will be probably a growing amount or would you see a growing amount of people forever renting and quite happily renting forever because you see that in the continent mm-hmm. a bit more where yeah, people yeah. don't actually rent uh, do you do you foresee that in the future um well i mean it's something that might happen but it probably wouldn't necessarily be the same as um in in europe because obviously there are a lot of differences in terms of um protection between um uh renters rights in 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 europe and um in the uk so often uh, renters are 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 better protected in europe than they are in the uk um at the moment in terms of their rights in terms of um minimal contracts that that kind of thing so i think that certainly there could be people who for one reason or another may end up um you know continuing to, to to rent being forever renters and i think that there are people you know sometimes we perhaps give the wrong impression that people only rent because they have no other choice now that's a lot of people that it is no other choice but there are some people who do actually um you know like to rent and, and, yeah yeah and and, and who, who want to continue um uh, living in private rented sector homes, so it's it's important that we you know understand that there are those people out there as well, and that things have to be made better for them because if they're going to be spending you know their entire lives or how, however um, long in the private rented sector, then they need protection as much as people who um, are only there for a certain amount of time whilst they you know try and find um, somewhere to buy of their own. Um, I think that it's not likely um, that we're going to see um, forever renters necessarily, the, the majority of them being people who um, want to be. But certainly, um, if reform isn't made, which we're optimistic that it, it will be, if, if, if reform isn't made, then I think that there is a great likelihood um, that there will be uh, people who will end up being forever renters because there's, you know, Unless there's reforms to the system and there's more houses built, then there's just going to be a, a, a lack of homes available uh, for people, which will mean that they will have no other option but to but to rent. Well, it's been really enlightening talking to you. Um, and thanks so much for coming on. La- last, well, I'll hand over to you. Is anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't haven't spoken about so far? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the only thing that I'd um, just like to say is that for anybody uh, who's listening. If you do have a, a, a problem, if you want to, um, you know, get in touch with us for um, one reason or another, then please, you know, do do get in touch. If you're worried about something related to renting, um, whether it be disrepair, whether it be Section 21, whatever, I mentioned it earlier, but please do check out the Know Your Rights page on our website and that will provide um, information as to what to do if you're in that particular situation or organisations that you can get in um contact with organizations like justice for tenants safer renting which can help if you've got a a, a legal problem involving your landlord 
um, I would really encourage anybody who who, who wants to, who, who needs to, um, to visit uh, the website. And I'd just like to say uh, as well that although I mentioned earlier that, you know, that we have a great deal of frustration about getting change, uh, as far as I'm concerned, change is coming, change is inevitable because we've got a situation that unless things change soon they're only going to get worse and worse yeah and you know uh, no one wants to see it um worse and worse and i i think that we will we will hopefully see that change um before too long hopefully we will see the renters reform bill um passed this year and that will be a, a massive change for renters so i you know just like to say for anybody who is feeling down about renting who is feeling um pessimistic about their situation you know, hope for change. Change will be here very soon. That's a that's a very positive uh, note end on. <laughs> will, thanks so much for uh, for for coming on General Spec and uh, pleasure talking to you. No worries. Thanks for inviting me on. Sure.